Chapter 2, Part 1 of How to Write Short Stories with Samples by Ring Lardner. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This chapter is a duet read by William Jones, Bonita Springs, Florida, and Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter 2 some like them cold part one new york august third dear miss gillespie how about our bet now as you bet me i would forget all about you the minute i hit the big town and would never write you a letter well girlie it looks like you lose so pay me seriously we will call all bets off as i am not the kind that bet on a sure thing and it sure was a sure thing that I would not forget a girlie like you. And all that has worried me is whether it may not be the other way round. And you are wondering who this fresh guy is that is writing you this letter. I bet you are, so we'll try and refresh in your memory. Well, girlie, I am the handsome young man that was wandering round the LaSalle Street Station Monday and happened to sit down beside a mighty pretty girlie who was waiting to meet her sister from Toledo, and the train was late, and I am glad of it, because if it had not have been, that little girlie and I would never have met. So for once I was a lucky guy, but still I guess it was time I had some luck, as it was certainly tough luck for you and I to both be living in shy all that time and never get together till a half hour before i was leaving town for good still better late than never you know and maybe we can make up for lost time though it looks like we would have to do our making up at long distance unless you make good on your threat and come to new york i wish you would do that little thing girlie as it looks like that was the only way we would get a chance to play around together as it looks like there was little or no chance of me coming back to shy as my whole future is in the big town new york is the only spot and especially for a man that expects to make my living in the songwriting game as here is the mecca for that line of work and no matter how good a man may be they don't get no recognition unless they live in new york well girlie you asked me to tell you all about my trip well, I remember you saying that you would give anything to be making it yourself, but as far as the trip itself was concerned, you ought to be thankful you did not have to make it, as you would have sweat your head off. I know I did, especially while going through Indiana Monday p.m., but Monday night was the worst of all, trying to sleep, and finally I gave it up and just laid there with the perspiration rolling off of me, though I was lying on top of the covers and nothing on but my underwear. Yesterday was not so bad as it rained most of the a.m., you coming through New York State, and in the p.m. we rode alongside of the Hudson all p.m. Some river, girlie, and just looking at it makes a man forget all about the heat and everything else, except a certain girlie whom I seen for the first time Monday and then only for about a half hour, but she is the kind of girlie that a man don't need to see her only once, and they would be no danger of forgetting her. There, I guess I'd better lay off that subject, or you will think I am a fresh guy. 
Well, that is about all to tell you about the trip. Only there was one amusing incident that came off yesterday, which I will tell you. Well, there was a dame got on the train at Toledo Monday, and had the berth opposite mine, but I did not see nothing of her that night, as I was out smoking till late, and she hit the hay early. But yesterday a.m. she come in the dinner and sat at the same table with me, and tried to make me, and it was so raw that the dinge waiter seen it, and gave me the wink. And, of course, I paid no attention, and I waited till she got through, so as there would be no danger of her following me out, but she stopped on the way to get a toothpick. And when I came out, she was out on the platform with it, so I tried to brush right by, but she spoke up and asked me what time it was, and I told her, and she said she guessed her watch was slow. So I said, maybe it just seemed slow, on account of the company it was in. I don't know if she got what I was driving at or not, but anyway she gave up trying to make me and got off at Albany. She was a good looker, but I have no time for gals that tries to make strangers on a train. Well, if I don't quit, you will think I am writing a book, but we'll expect a long letter in answer to this letter, and we will see if you can keep your promise like I have kept mine. Don't disappoint me, girlie, as I am all alone in a large city, and hearing from you will keep me from getting homesick for old Shy, though I never thought so much of the old town till I found out you live there. Don't think that is kidding, girlie, as I mean it. You can address me at this hotel, as it looks like I will be here right along, as it is on 47th Street, right off of Old Broadway, and handy to everything, and I'm only paying $21 per week for my room, and could have got one for 16 but without a bath, and I am glad to pay the difference, as I am lost without my bath in the a.m., and sometimes at night, too. Tomorrow I expect to commence fighting the Battle of Broadway, and will let you know how I come out, that is, if you answer this letter. In the meanwhile, girlie, all reservoir, and don't do nothing I would not do, your new friend, Charles F. Lewis. Chicago, Illinois, August the 6th. My dear Mr. Lewis, well, that certainly was a surprise party getting your letter, and you are certainly a wonder man to keep your word, as I am afraid most men of your sex are gay deceivers. But maybe you are different. Anyway, it sure was a surprise, and will gladly pay the bet if you will just tell me what it was we bet. Hope it was not money, as I am a working girl, but if it was not more than a dollar or two, we'll try to dig it up even if I have to beg, borrow, and steal. Suppose you will think me a case to make a bet and then forget what it was, but you must remember, Mr. Man, that I had just met you and was dazzled. Joking aside, I was rather fussed, and will tell you why. Well, Mr. Lewis, I suppose you see lots of girls like the one you told me about that you saw on the train who tried to get acquainted but I want to assure you that I am not one of those kind, and sincerely hope you will believe me when I tell you that you was the first man I ever spoke to meeting them like that, and my friends and the people who know me would simply faint if they knew I ever spoke to a man without a proper introduction. Believe me, Mr. Lewis, I am not that kind, 
and I don't know why I did it, only that you were so different-looking, if you know what I mean, and not at all like the kind of men that usually try to force their attentions on every pretty girl they see. Lots of times I act on impulse and let my feelings run away from me, and sometimes I do things on the impulse of the moment, which I regret them later on, and that is what I did this time but I hope you won't give me cause to regret it, and I know you won't, as I know you're not that kind of a man, especially after what you told me about the girl on the train. But anyway, as I say, I was in a daze, so I can't remember what it was we bet, but we'll try and pay it if it does not break me. Sissy's train got in about ten minutes after yours had gone, and when she saw me, what do you think was the first thing she said? "'Well, Mr. Lewis,' she said, "'Why, Mibs, that is the pet name some of my friends have given me, "'what has happened to you? "'I never seen you have as much color. "'So I passed it off with some remark about the heat "'and changed the subject, as I certainly was not going to tell her "'that I had just been talking to a man who I had never met "'or she would have dropped dead from the shock. Either that or she would not have believed me, as it would be hard for a person who knows me well to imagine me doing a thing like that, as I have quite a reputation for squelching men who try to act fresh. I don't mean anything personal by that, Mr. Lewis, as I am a good judge of character and could tell without you telling me that you are not that kind. Well... Sis and I have been on the go ever since she arrived, as I took yesterday and today off, so I could show her the sights, though she says she would be perfectly satisfied to just sit in the apartment and listen to me rattle on. I'm afraid I am a great talker, Mr. Lewis, but Sis says it is as good as a show to hear me talk, as I tell things in such a different way, as I cannot help from seeing the humorous side of everything." And she says she never gets tired of listening to me, but of course she is my sister and thinks the world of me, <laughs> but she really does laugh like she enjoyed my craziness. Maybe I told you that I have a tiny little apartment, which a girlfriend of mine and I have together, and it is hardly big enough to turn around in, but still it is home, and I am a great home girl and hardly ever care to go out evenings, except occasionally to the theater or dance. But even if our nest is small, we are proud of it, and Sis complimented us on how cozy it is and how homey it looks, and she said she did not see how we could afford to have everything so nice, and Edith, my girlfriend, says, Mibs deserves all the credit for that. <clears throat> I never knew a girl who could make as little money go a long ways like she can. Well, of course, she is my best friend, and always saying nice things about me. But I do try, and I hope I get results. I've always said that good taste and being careful is a whole lot more important than lots of money, though it is nice to have it. You must write and tell me how you are getting along in the Battle of Broadway. I laughed when I read that. And whether the publishers like your songs, though I know they will. I'm crazy to hear them and hear you play the piano, as I love good jazz music even better than classical, though I suppose it is terrible to say such a thing. But I usually say just what I think, though sometimes I wish afterwards I had not of. 
but still i believe it is better for a girl to be her own self and natural instead of always acting but am afraid that i will never have a chance to hear you play unless you come back to shy and pay us a visit as my threat to come to new york was just a threat and i don't see any hope of ever getting there unless some rich new yorker should fall in love with me and take me there to live fine chance for poor little me eh mr lewis well i guess i've rattled on long enough and you will think i am writing a book unless i quit and besides sis has asked me as a special favor to make her a pie for dinner maybe you don't know it mr man but i am quite famous for my pie and pastry but i don't suppose a genius is interested in common things like that well be sure and write soon and tell me what new york is like and all about it and don't forget the little girlie who was bad and spoke to a strange man in the station and having been blushing over it ever since your friend maybell gillespie new york august tenth dear girlie i bet you will think i'm a fresh guy commencing that way but miss gillespie is too cold and a man cannot do nothing cold in this kind of weather especially in this man's town which is the hottest place i ever been in and i guess maybe the reason why new yorkers is so bad is because they think they are already in h and cannot go no worse place no matter how they behave themselves honest girlie i certainly envy you being where there is a breeze off the old lake and shy may be dirty but i never heard of nobody dying because they was dirty but four people died here yesterday on account of the heat and i seen two different women flop right on broadway and had to be taken away in the ambulance and it could not have been because they was dressed too warm because it would be impossible for the women here to leave off any more clothes well have not had much luck yet in the battle of broadway as all the heads of the big music publishers is out of town on their vacation and the big boys is the only ones i will do business with as it would be silly for a man with the stuff i have got to waste my time on somebody that is just on the staff and have not got the final say but i did play a couple of my numbers for the people up to levy's and gables and they went crazy over them in both places so it looks like all i have to do is wait for the big boys to get back and then play my numbers for them and i will be all set what i want is to get taken on the staff of one of the big firms as that gives a man the inside and they will plug your numbers more if you are on the staff in the meanwhile have not got nothing to worry me but am just seeing the sights of the big town as have saved up enough money to play round for a while and anyway a man that can play piano like i can don't never have to worry about starving can certainly make the old music box talk girly and am always good for a seventy-five dollar or a hundred dollar job well have been here a week now and on the go every minute and i thought i would be lonesome down here but no chance of that as i have been treated fine by the people i have met and have sure met a bunch of them one of the boys living in the hotel is a vaudeville actor and he is a member of the friars club and took me over there to dinner the other night and some way or another the bunch got wise 
I could play the piano, so of course I had to sit down and give them some of my numbers, and everybody went crazy over them. One of the boys I met there was Paul Sears, the songwriter, but he just writes the lyrics and has wrote a bunch of hits, and when he heard some of my melodies, he called me over to one side and said, "'You would like to work with me on some numbers.' "'How is that, girly? "'As he is one of the biggest hit writers in New York.' "'But New York has got some mighty pretty girlies, "'and I guess it would not be hard to get acquainted with them, "'and in fact several of them has tried to make me since I've been here, "'but I always figure that a girl must be something wrong with her "'if she tries to make a man that she doesn't know nothing about.' so I passed them all up. But I did meet a couple of pips that a man here in the hotel went up on Riverside Drive to see them and insisted on me going along, and they got on some way that I could make a piano talk, so there was nothing but I must play for them. So I sit down and played some of my own stuff, and they went crazy over it. One of the girls wanted I should come up and see her again, and I said I might but I think i better keep away as she acted like she wanted to vamp me, and I am not the kind that likes to play around with a gal just for their company and dance with them, etc. But when I see the right gal, that will be a different thing, and she won't have to beg me to come and see her, as I will camp right on her trail till she says yes, and it won't be none of those New York fly-by-nights, neither. They are all right to look at, but a man would be a sucker to get serious with them, as they might take you up, and next thing you know, you would have a wife on your hands that don't know a dish rag from a waffle iron. Well, girlie, we'll quit and call it a day, as it is too hot to write any more, and I guess I will turn on the cold water and lay down in the tub a while, then turn in. Don't forget to write to your friend, Charles F. Lewis. Dear Mr. Man, hope you won't think me a silly billy for starting my letter that way, but Mr. Lewis is so formal, and Charles is too much the other way, and anyway I would not dare call a man by their first name after only knowing them for only two weeks, though I may as well confess that Charles is my favorite name for a man, and have always been crazy about it, as it was my father's name. Poor old dad, he died of cancer three years ago, but left enough insurance so that mother and we girls were well provided for and do not have to do anything to support ourselves, though I have been earning my own living for two years to make things easier for mother and also because I simply can't bear to be doing nothing as I feel like a drone. So I flew away from the home nest, though mother felt bad about it, as I was her favorite, and she always said I was such a comfort to her, as when I was in the house, she never had to worry about how things would go. But there I go, gossiping about my domestic affairs, just like you would be interested in them. Though I don't see how you could be, though personally, I always like to know all about my friends, but I know men are different, so we'll try and not bore you any longer. Poor man, I certainly feel sorry for you, if New York is as hot as all that. I guess it has been very hot and shy, too. At least everybody has been complaining about how terrible it is. Suppose you will wonder why I say, I guess, and you will think I ought to know if it is hot. 
well sir the reason i say i guess is because i don't feel the heat like others do or at least i don't let myself feel it that sounds crazy i know but don't you think there is a good deal in mental suggestion and not letting yourself feel things i believe that if a person simply won't allow themselves to be affected by disagreeable things why such things won't bother them near as much i know it works with me and that is the reason why i am never cross when things go wrong and keep smiling no matter what happens and as far as the heat is concerned why i just don't let myself feel it and my friends say i don't even look hot no matter if the weather is boiling and edith my girlfriend often says that i am like a breeze and it cools her off just to have me come in the room poor edie suffers terribly during the hot weather and says it almost makes her mad at me to see how cool and unruffled i look when everybody else is perspiring and have red faces etc i laughed when i read what you said about new york being so hot that people thought it was the other place i can appreciate a joke mr man and that one did not go over my head i am still laughing at some of the things you said in the station though they probably struck me funnier than they would most girls as i always see the funny side and sometimes something is said and i laugh and the others wonder what i am laughing at as they cannot see anything in it themselves but it is just the way i look at things so of course i cannot explain to them why i laughed and they think i am crazy but i had rather part with almost anything rather than my sense of humor as it helps me over a great many rough spots sis has gone back home though i would have liked to have kept her here much longer but she had to go though she said she would have liked nothing better than to stay with me and just listen to me rattle on she always says it is just like a show to hear me talk as i always put things in such a funny way and for weeks after she has been visiting me she thinks of some of the things i said and laughs over them since she left edith and i have been pretty quiet though poor edie wants to be on the go all the time and tries to make me go out with her every evening to the pictures and scolds me when i say i had rather stay home and read and calls me a bookworm well it is true that i had rather stay home with a good book than go to some crazy old picture and the last two nights i have been reading myself to sleep with robert w service's poems don't you love service or don't you care for highbrow writings personally there is nothing i love more than to just sit and read a good book or sit and listen to somebody play the piano i mean if they can really play and i really believe i like popular music better than classical though i suppose that is a terrible thing to confess but i love all kinds of music but especially the piano when it is played by somebody who can really play i am glad you have not fallen for the ladies who have tried to make their acquaintance in new york you are right in thinking there must be something wrong with girls who try to pick up strange men as no girl with self-respect would do such a thing and when i say that mr man i know you will think it is a funny thing for me to say on account of the way our friendship started but i mean it and i assure you that it was the first time i ever done such a thing in my life and would never have thought of doing it had i not known you were the right kind of a man as i flatter myself that i am a good judge of character and can tell pretty well what a person is like by just looking at them and i assure you 
I had made up my mind what kind of a man you were before I allowed myself to answer your opening remark. Otherwise, I am the last girl in the world that would allow myself to speak to a person without being introduced to them. When you write again, you must tell me all about the girl on Riverside Drive and what she looks like and if you want to see her again and all about her. Suppose you will think I am a little old curiosity shop for asking all those questions and will wonder why I want to know. Well, sir, I won't tell you why, so there. But I insist on you answering all questions and will scold you if you don't. Maybe you will think that the reason why I am so curious is because I am jealous of the lady in question. Well, sir, I won't tell you whether I am or not, but will keep you guessing. Now, don't you wish you knew? Must close, or you will think I am going to rattle on forever, and maybe you have already become disgusted and torn my letter up. If so, all I can say is poor little me. She was a nice little girl and meant well, but the man did not appreciate her. There, we'll stop, or you will think I am crazy if you do not already. Yours, Maybelle. End of chapter two, part one of Some Like Them Cold. Part two, coming up.